0: We are thankful, again, for the privilege to be able to meet together, even in this fashion. We are thankful for those who um, are involved in production to to make this all possible. But mostly, we are thankful that we have time to look into God's Word. Uh, We need to hear the good message that God has for us today, and there is a delightful searching God-glorifying message in Psalm 77 uh, for us today. So I invite you, I urge you uh, to go uh, to that passage as we look through this together and as we listen to the voice of God penetrating our own hearts uh, and giving us truth and light and joy. Psalm 77, uh, please read this along with me. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. Selah. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Selah. Then I said I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. O God, uh, what God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waves saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, they, they, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea. Your path through the great waters... Yet your footprints were unseen. You led the people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. That is the word of God. Let's pray. God and Father, we come before you today needing your mercy and help and needing your clarity, the clarity of your word uh, in our situations, we're often troubled, we're often distressed, and especially in these days of the of the virus and the uh, confusing way in which various voices call us to respond, we need your we need your voice to to guide us, to direct us, to help us. And thank you for this word, you know, ever pertinent to our lives. Holy Spirit, uh, drive it home, steal it in our hearts. And strengthen us for lives of joyful obedience. In the name of the Lord Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, how you doing? How you doing in response to your circumstances these days in the midst of COVID-19? There is turmoil out there like anything we've experienced before. Hospitals are run over with patients in many places. Uh, the economy is gasping. And there is not a unified voice that directs our society in our various states with how we are to respond in this circumstance. There is turmoil outside. But for many, there is also a great deal of turmoil inside. Right here, um, in our homes, Uh, relationships might get a little bit touchy. Um, I didn't say that. Well, yes, you did. Uh, Our children might uh, bounce off the walls and be hard to direct and to have the kind of atmosphere that we'd like to have in our homes. And I think it's, it's exacerbated, it's made more difficult, more confusing for us because the great question is, for how long? We don't know how long this is going to last and, and there is a cumulative effect that builds over time and creates in us oftentimes fear, sometimes even a, a sense of sadness that that leads into depression. There is darkness. Now, as we look at Psalm 77 today, um, we find great encouragement for our unique problems. And I would like to, to phrase it, to set the psalm up in this way. That it can neatly, it can be neatly divided into three sections and each section begins with the word remember but in a slightly different force and a different application or meaning. But they mark the three sections and they really lay out a battle plan for you to be able to deal with your own heart and to be able to respond appropriately in, in this situation. Dealing with, with your fear, your sadness, whatever is going on in your own um, heart. So, so look for the, the words remember as we work through this. The second thing is that it is an individual lament. It is the voice of one person describing his struggle, his problem, and how he responds to it to in his life uh, on that day. It is a person dealing with his own sadness and anxiety. But God saves us as a people. And so ultimately, we are not to deal with our own problems and anxieties and struggles and difficulties simply by ourselves. If COVID-19 is teaching us anything, it is that we are not designed to function individually or in an independent Fashion. We're not designed to handle life's problems on our own. And so my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would use Psalm 77 to help you get your footing in this world. And also that you would be able to help others who are struggling. And so we begin this by simply citing, looking at verse 1 that says that, uh, that, that God is present. I cry aloud to God Allowed to God, and He will hear me. So, God will hear. There is hope for this process. There is hope that the Holy Spirit is leading us uh, as we deal with our life's challenges. Now, the first remember uh, really involves or includes verses two and three. Remember, we remember, but with moaning. In this case or at this time, uh, the psalmist, we are looking for God, but he's nowhere to be found. We are alone, perhaps, in our bed. We are quiet in our bed. And yet the question goes through our mind, where is God? And we don't find comfort. And when we do remember God, it is oftentimes with a charge. Where are you when I need you? we might still readily believe that God is there, He's there, but He's not here with me in my challenges and struggles. And so what we begin to do then is to meditate, but without God. When I meditate, verse 3 says, I moan. When when I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. What is the problem there? So often our meditation is without God, and it is simply recycling our own thoughts, often negative thoughts. Uh, Such things as if life will not really get any better, or we imagine the worst, uh, that we believe our own prophecies that life simply will not change. My wife puts it this way sometimes, get a claw in the brain that just won't let go. And whatever we fear most is that's what's going to happen and we begin to be hopeless as if God did not reign over life for our good. Well, that's the first remembering. It's remembering but with moaning. It's remembering but only remembering our own recycled negative thoughts as we meditate on what's in our own minds. Well, there's a second remember. starts in verse 4. Um, we remember, but here we remember that at one time in the past, at one time we did in fact sing, that we sang for joy. Now here we are in those sleepless nights and uh, we're tossing and turning and perhaps we're looking up at the ceiling, our eyes are, are fastened upon some object in our room, we're we're, we're without hope in those nights, and our question is, where is God? And look with me, uh, look with me at the beginning of verse four. Where is God? God is the one who is holding your eyelids open. He's the one who is saying, I want, I want to show myself to you. And this provides us with a glimmer of hope because what we first remember is that we did one time sing for joy. We remember enough about God to realize that at an earlier time there was that glimmer of hope and we did remember that God was good and that he was for us. We do remember singing, it was well or it is well with our souls. And so that echo of our earlier singing gives us courage to be able to pursue God. And it gets us thinking about Him. And it gets us meditating on Him and His Word instead of our own thoughts. Um, So often uh, in these weeks, as I've been um, serving you through this ministry of the Word, but then also during the week meeting with some young people uh, for the Confessing Christ class, uh, something uh, occurs in that class, or there's material in that class that fits so well right here, and, and this is what this is what the lesson uh, is about these days. There, that we so often um, believe the deception, the deception of the enemy, uh, that is triggered also by our own tendency. That's uh, so common in our day is that what you feel is what is real. If we are feeling certain things in our in our hearts, a sense of of desperation, a sense of of fear, well, well, that trumps anything else that might be or it, it overcomes what is true, uh, even in God's word. And Martin Lloyd Jones puts it this way: This is quoted in our in our in our little book, Confessing Christ. It actually uh, first appeared, as I recall, in uh, the book Spiritual Depression as Martin Lloyd-Jones was unfolding Psalm 42. And, and this is what, this, his words, most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself. And happiness, much of our unhappiness due to the fact that we're listening to those thoughts that circulate in our hearts instead of Speaking in this case, God's word of truth to address our feelings. It's a good question then for you to consider even right now. What are what are you saying to yourself? What do you tend to roll over in your mind even as you're lying in bed? What thoughts come to mind? Well, your song, "It is well with my soul," or I remember remember singing that. Enables us and encourage us to challenge those feelings that produce those misguided words. Verse six then is a fascinating turn in this psalm. Um, I'm now encouraged, having having remembered my song in the night. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to meditate in my heart, and then my spirit made a diligent search. My spirit it is searching. For what is true about God, not what I have felt about him, but I'm actually challenging the way I have felt. Uh, Will God spurn forever? That's the first question that uh, the psalmist is asking. Will God spurn forever? That that you're not really worth his time or trouble or or attitude or his, his compassion. And that kind of thought is oftentimes spurred by our shame. I'm just not worth God's time, his care. Well, the second question, uh, do you really think that, that God's steadfast love has stopped? Now, you may feel overwhelmed, and as you compare your own life to the lives of others, you may think, well, I have it so much harder than they do. And And that is touching our self-pity, isn't it? That God isn't... Really there for you. He might be there for other people, but not for you. Do you really think that God's promises have run out? This is driven by our anxiety. We, uh, certainly we want the economy to open. We want it to open. And yet we're also concerned. We're also fearful that the virus will spike if we return uh, too quickly to this open, our open economy. We're haunted by what might Happen? Do we really think that God's promises have run out? The next question, uh, do we really think that God has forgotten to be gracious? That once we felt his gracious presence, but not that now? And, And do we honestly believe that God changes? Or is God the same? Do you really think that God's anger extinguishes his compassion? And we might think, well what other expl- explanation is there for the suffering that is going on right now? But remember, we want to build our lives on what is real and not on what we feel. God is calling you to build your life on what is real and not to build it on the sand of what you feel. And that brings us then to the third remember. And this picks up at verse 10 and follows through to the end of the Psalm. The third remember is is of God's rescue. Um, I said I will appeal to this. Remember, he's addressing his own soul, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High God. I've said it before, we have a right handed God a god of all power it's displayed in his right arm to save us we have a right-handed god who who and so that's what we meditate on we meditate on what is real i will remember verse 11 the deeds of the lord yes i will remember your wonders of old now obviously this is written to the uh, to the jewish nation uh, and what they would remember, what they would look back to, would be the Exodus. And, and basically, the Psalms is saying the Exodus was real. It really happened. There was this perfect storm of God's people being, being pressed up against the Red Sea. And you have the desert on one side. You have the Egyptians over here. And, and that they were in desperate straits. And yet, our God was there. He was acting on behalf of His covenant people. He was orchestrating the people so that they were in an impossible box, and the only way they could get out was if God would deliver. And so he split the sea to deliver his people, and he was leading them through the sea. And then there's that phrase uh, in 19, verse 19, "Yet your footprints were unseen." God was acting. He was working, He was saving. And yet we didn't see him. Well what do we what do we do with this? We look to our Exodus, we look to our delivery um, and deliverance uh, by Christ, and we remember that that God we remember that God's feet did show up at Calvary. That the feet of God, the Son, were pierced. They were bloodied. With nails. All because of God's mercy. Let's go back to those questions. And let's think through those questions again. This time seeing what God is up to. God hasn't spurned you. He spurned Jesus for you. So you would never need to lie in your bed at night. And wonder Does God see? Does he care? Is he involved with my problems, my challenges? God's steadfast love has not stopped. I love this phrase from from another psalm, and it's this, By day, God commands his steadfast love. Each day, uh, he commands his steadfast love. And at night, his song is with me. I find myself praying that these days as as Gail and I are settling into sleep. uh, Something like this. May we be awakened by the knowledge of your steadfast love. May, May we wake up tomorrow with the first thing in mind that you have steadfast love for us. You'll give us everything we need for that day. God's promises haven't run out. If he's given us Jesus the big gift, the gift of the Son of God, how will He possibly withhold the small things from us that we need day by day? He has not forgotten to be gracious. He has not forgotten to be compassionate. He is grace. He is compassion. He cannot act in conflict with his nature. You remember that Jesus took the cup, the cup of God's wrath, and he drained it to the dregs. So every day we have only blessings from God. We may say, as the words of another Psalm do, our cup does run over, it runs over with God's goodness and God's presence. He has neither the He has neither impatience nor resentment towards you. Your cup of blessing runs over. Well, I'd like to I'd like to fill this out with um, application in three different areas. Um, we we see that the psalm ends with these words from uh, the twentieth the one twentieth verse, verse there that you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses. And Aaron, God identifies himself as the shepherd. We see that, of course, in the life of the ministry of the good shepherd, Jesus. And so here's the first one. Hear your shepherd's voice. Hear your shepherd's voice. He speaks into your future with words something like this, again, from a different psalm. Hear his voice, that you need fear, no evil. I am with you, your shepherd says. I am your comforter. My cup of goodness overflows for you, even in the presence of your enemies. So you speak to your heart. You you, you, you address your own heart. My Jesus will give me just what I need when the time comes. He'll give me, he'll give you just what you need. So hear your shepherd's voice. Well, often, and I want to direct this especially to our time here during COVID-19, but we oftentimes hear his voice and we see his hands through, through other people. And I want you to think about what particular needs you might have today. Um, Needs that perhaps others in the church really should know about, so that they can serve as Jesus' hands and also Jesus' voice on your behalf. So often we are embarrassed to admit that we have needs, especially financial needs. It's difficult for us to acknowledge that we're not able to make things meet, and yet at this time, um, many in our congregation, certainly in our nation, will have needs that are more severe, more profound than they've had perhaps at any other time in their lives. And our minds can sometimes play tricks on us, especially if we're mostly by ourselves or with, uh, with even with our family in our own home. Does anybody really care? Well, this may very well be our Acts uh, 4 moment. In Acts four, you remember in the the early days of the church. There were many poor among them, thousands who were coming to Christ and they were th- without means to provide for themselves. And and the the, the the scripture says this: there was no, there was not a needy person among them. There was not one person who was being neglected. They must have therefore shared their experiences, shared what they need needed, and the Lord ministered. To them Jesus ministered to them through his people. And so money and goods and uh, perhaps food distributed to each one as He had need. It is by prayer that uh, our deacons will not just know, First of all, that they would, I I know that they will care for the needs of God's people, but my prayer is that they would know. They would be able to, they have that information about what people need so that they are able to care for them. Um, Let us be humble enough to let them know so we can see the Lord Jesus working uh, through His body to uh, speak words of encouragement and help us as we need it. The second thing is to take Whatever the next step is in obedience, to take that next step of obedience. When we are anxious, when we are fearful, we are often um, immobilized and really not able to take much in the way of action. Life feels ineffective, so what's the use? We feel ineffective in the challenges of our particular lives. Um, I had a moment like that uh, a week or so ago, um, just just frustrated with not being able to to meet with people as I enjoy doing, and um, just and this whole preaching thing is a little bit odd as well, continues to be. So I'm just I'm just feeling a little bit down about those things. and um, and um, my wife very um, sweetly reminded me that there was a baseboard that I had left unpainted. I don't know. Seven years ago, and, um, and maybe it would be a good time to do that. And yeah, yeah, that's something that I can do. Um, I do know how to paint. I can, I can, I can do that. And what I, I guess I come to see is that um, for me at that time, painting um, the the baseboards was a path of righteousness that God provided. It was just the right thing that I needed, that I was able to do in obedience uh, to my calling at that time. And And so you can find meaning in doing the next right thing. You you might have confusion, you might have uncertainty, you might be kind of down about the things that are going on uh, outside of the world or even inside in your, in your home, and you can find meaning in doing that next load of laundry. <laughs> that you can do. You know what to do. And, and I think sometimes we overthink it. And I've had a conversation with a couple of our members about this in the past, and, and we agree that uh, sometimes the best thing to do is just find out what the next right thing is and do that. Do what you can. And so take your next step of obedience. Perhaps even what the Lord is impressing on you right now that you've been neglecting that you're being called to do. Take that step of obedience. And the third thing is then, um, imagine that now you're not the person who needs the direct encouragement from this word, perhaps not so much right now, but you're seeking to help a friend who is in that circumstance, perhaps a circumstance of confusion or fear or darkness, well, you have a responsibility and a calling and a privilege, most of all a privilege, to pursue them with your strong but gentle shepherd at your side. You don't do this on your own. You do this in partnership with Jesus. Sometimes this is a very difficult question to ask. Sometimes we're not sure we want to know the answer to this question. Sometimes we're not sure if we want to get involved. But it's important, an important thing to ask, at a time like this especially, is there something you'd really like to talk about? Would you like to talk And then you work hard at listening, not interrupting, not getting too quickly to a solution, but you listen. And you don't rush through it just because it's uncomfortable. I know there are times when I have wanted my best friend to get to the end of something that she's been sharing with me. And sometimes in the back of my mind is, I've got other things I I need to get to. Not so much true now. We have the time. Listen. Don't rush him or her through it. And then sometimes we need to believe for our friend. Believe in the Lord to to the extent that we would pray his words, pray the scripture for our friend. Here's what I would suggest. Two different psalms that you can use. One of them is, turn the questions of Psalm 77 around to Jesus. And as you pray for your your friend, as they are struggling with this time of darkness, you thank God that Jesus does not spurn. You You thank him for his steadfast love. And you take the words right out of the scripture and say, this is your Jesus. Let's pray together. We need him together. Not just you. We need him right now. And the other is Psalm 23, which I've already referred to several times already today. Jesus is your good shepherd, and you will lack no good thing that you need. And so you can pray those words from Psalm 23 you are taking the initiative to bring God's word the heart of God the truth of God and through prayer the power of God directly into the heart of your friend who may be struggling maybe treading water maybe going through a difficult time well i was listening to a psychologist uh, today uh, or not uh, 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 some some days ago now and the psychologist was saying that uh that uh, uh sheltering in place um, can be a relationship accelerator and what she was really saying was that if you've got a good relationship uh this time of uh, of covid-19 and sheltering in place can actually um, make that relationship better you have more time with each other you're able to enjoy and 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 delight in each other and in our case delight in the lord uh, as our in our cases as as believers So the good ones get better, but the bad ones also can buckle under the strain. And I want to encourage you that since Jesus is with you, (laughs) he is um, fighting for you. He is helping you so yours, too, uh, can be one of the good ones. Let's pray together. God and Father, how we thank you um, for this truth from your word. How we thank you for its bracing reality that it, it intrudes into our thoughts and lives and ways that, that uh, rescues us and gives us hope. And we pray that the Lord Jesus would become, would be in the center of our, our homes, uh, our um, friendships. And even if we are in a room, uh, a, 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 an apartment or home by ourselves that that we would know Him in even more personal and powerful ways so that each one of us can say that He is my shepherd. He is leading me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And so meet with us, Lord. Um, rescue us so that our lives are full of joy. For your glory. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.